Hey everyone, it's Tony. It's David. And we're two dudes talking Disney. How you doing, pal? I'm good. That was our we're getting our we're nailing our social distancing uh greeting. Our social distance opening. Yeah. It's uh it, it's smooth like butter now. It is, yes. And of and of course now we've just thrown a third guy into the mix because we have a special guest this week. That's and, right. And, and we don't normally have guests unless you're John Ratzenberger. So right. So you should feel very honored. Our our two guests to date have been John Ratzenberger uh, from uh, the TV and Pixar movies, and and now John Hannon, firefighter, uh, father, lover extraordinaire, man about town in Seymour. John, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing great. I, I didn't realize I was in such exclusive company uh, with uh, John Ratzenberger, but I'm I'm happy to be uh, part of the crew. Yeah, well, welcome. <laughs> What's that, John? Uh, Dave. And so we're sticking to a John motif. Yes, all the John. Okay, it works. So we we brought John on today because uh, instead of Dave and I just giving you our our thoughts on on random Disney events or or news, we are going to talk about traveling to Disney uh, as a large group. Um, you know, most of the times when we travel, we're a party of four. You know, my family's a party of four. Um, Dave's a group of three, but what, what happens when you have a larger party, when you have a multi-generational party, when you're traveling with multiple families, when you're like John, a blended family of six, uh, you know, what, what are your options? Uh, and well, I, I think we all agree that traveling with a large group or multi-family mix-up goes into the category of it seems like a good idea when you're planning. Always. Always. <laughs> right. Some, sometimes... By about day four, it's like mutiny on the bounty. Right. And you want you wonder if you want to be friends afterwards. Uh, right. right. Unfortunately, if you're traveling with family, family is always family. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are the decisions you make. And if you've decided to travel uh, as a larger group, you know, what are your options? Um, you know, uh, most of your value resorts can only accommodate four people uh, as well as one toddler. Uh, which is a, a child under the age of three. So uh, if you're a standard family of four, you pretty much can't stay in a value resort unless you uh, go into remember the suites. Remember the good old days when you could? Yeah, before they started enforcing fire codes. Yeah. And, and, and here I am on a show with two firemen. Uh, the, the room used to look like a World War I battleship at one point, especially like, I, you know, when I, when I first started dating Katie and like a, we would go down in groups you know, it, it would. There'd be like eight people in one room at the All Stars. Yeah, yeah. They they don't let you do that anymore. No, no. Um, so a little bit of background. You know, we all know that Dave has been going to Disney uh, since what the eighties. Late eighty two was my first trip. Okay, and he's always traveled. His family was a family of five. Um, it's David, Tommy, and Bree, and then of course David's parents. I actually, our early Disney trips were big. Were they? Uh, we always included my grandmother and grandfather, uh, my aunt and my uncle, my uncle Jimmy and my aunt Pam, and then my aunt Sandy, my cousin Heather, uh, her aunt, my great aunt Edna used to come. Uh, we we did travel frequently with the large caravan. All right. Now, Aunt Edna, did um, did she eventually end up on the top of a station wagon? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's Stephen's grandmother, Aunt Edna. Okay. So okay. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad, All right. but the, the family, I, I don't want to say joke, but we drove home from Florida and we made a pit stop in St. Augustine. Uh, we went to the fountain of youth and Edna drank from the fountain of youth, but it didn't work <laughs> uh, very shortly after. All right. Uh, but, you know, and again, this was, you know, early eighties. Uh, we, we did a lot of those trips and I'll tell you, you know, growing up, uh, then you, you included my, uh, my aunt Laureen, my uncle Gorzy, and then my parents, best friends, Jill and Frank and their kids, you know, some of my most memorable moments in Disney trips were in those groups. Okay. Uh, you, you know, there, there's a golf cart incident that I'm pretty sure child protective services would have taken me from my parents. Uh, I, you know, we used to stay at Fort wilderness in the, in the, uh, campers. Okay. And, my my father was driving the golf cart, my mother in it, and I was hanging on to the back. And I don't mean like seated hanging on to the back, like literally being dragged, road rash, 
uh, hanging on to the back before my father noticed, uh, which led to a pretty good conversation between my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we always had, what I'll tell you, one of my uh, fondest group trip was when we went to check in one time at the hotel and my uncle Jimmy's, he was always the fun uncle. Uh, he, uh, he cut my father off as my father went to speak to check in. And in like the deepest Southern accent, he introduced my father as the Colonel Beauregard Culpepper. <laughs> and like he, the entire time we were in the hotel, he would like cut people off and speak for my father. And it got to the point where like, you know, the people in the hotel were, were calling my father Colonel and like, you know, like it, it was like everyone was wondering who my father was because he had this guy that did like all his communicating for him. Nice. And, and, and I mean, like he kept it up for the whole week, you know? <laughs> so they, they were, they were the group trips, as we know, they're, they're fun, but they can be very stressful, especially if you're kind of the, the headliner, you know, uh, if you're the, the head of the trip, all right. the decisions are lying on you. Like where are we going, where we got to be, what do we got to do? And, and, and that becomes just as stressful as, as anything. Right. And dealing with those groups. And that's, that's kind of why we've got John in here today. You know, John, uh, John has been a friend for many years and, uh, you know, he, he, he and his wife, Jen, um, you know, they each have two kids. Like I said, they, they are a blended family and John is kind of that guy who's, who's right now trying to plan another trip. I've been fortunate enough to book, uh, multiple Disney trips and a universal trip for, for him and his family. So, so we've done some talking over the years and, you know, Dave, John was, John was just talking about that. You know, he, his kids are getting older now and uh, what, uh, two of them, one of them's out of the house and in college, right? Yeah. One, uh, one's a sophomore in college and we have a uh, senior junior and sophomore at Seymour high. So we're on, you know, we're, we're kind of fast tracking here to losing the ability to just say, Hey, you know, Hey kids, get in the car. We're driving to Disney. Uh, we've got school schedules, work schedules, a lot of it's it's a it's a much bigger logistical animal than uh, than the previous three trips you've booked for us, because, you know, for all of those, we could just say, all right, it's summertime and, you know, we're the parents and you're all minors and it's time to go. Um, you know, it's going to be a, this trip that you and I are talking about now is is going to be for for many reasons is going to be tricky. But, yeah, as the kids get older, uh, it gets very difficult to pull everybody's schedules together to, to pull off a trip. It, 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 it is. And, um, you know, John's, John's trying to mention to me that he's trying to make this a, a multi-generational trip himself. Um, and it's, it's tough enough trying to get your own family reined in. Uh, and, and then you try to take into account uh, other people and their families and their needs. And who's got, you know, John mentioned uh, pets and, you know, who's going to watch Gunther and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, all, the, all that crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, group group trips can be fun. They can be a bit of a logistical nightmare, as Dave mentioned. Um, but uh, you know, we're here tonight to talk about you know traveling as a group, um, as a larger group. Uh, most families of four can stay in any resort. It's not a big deal. So if you're the average American family, uh, you know you can stay in that value resort and um, have three quarters of a kid left over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Um, but once you start to get get above that that group of four, um, you know you, you need to start thinking about connecting rooms, adjoining rooms, <clears throat> suites, uh, cabins, which are uh, John's uh, you know go to uh, lodgings when when they go to Disney World is is the cabins and and you know we'll talk about them. Uh, Dave, of course, has has utilized the Vacation Club. Um, the vacation club is also available to non-vacation club members because if there are rooms that aren't available and not rented out to uh, those who are in Disney's timeshare program, uh, they are utilized like regular hotel rooms. So if you're traveling as a big group and you want to get a two-bedroom villa, uh, which will normally sleep up to nine, you can do that. You want to get a three-bedroom villa that accommodates up to 12, that's an option. Now, I, will, club- uh, I will cut you off right there and give you the biggest tip of the vacation club. Yes. If you're looking for the larger accommodations, the rooms that are the most worthwhile are the treehouse villas at Saratoga Springs. Uh, There's a glitch in the system where the treehouse villas physically only have two bedrooms, but sleep 12. Yes. So one of the advantages of the treehouse village is that you are paying for a two bedroom villa 
but getting the accommodations of a three bedroom villa. So there you go. That, yeah, a lot of people don't don't know about the vacation club. It's a little quirk in the system. The downside to the treehouse villas are you're actually out in the middle of nowhere in a treehouse. Right. If you're not traveling without a car, you're you're pretty much out of luck. Right. Um. So, John, maybe maybe we include the treehouse villas in on uh, on your search. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if we get um, as many of the family members together uh, as we're as we're hoping for that that might be uh, that might be a pretty good option. Right. It's, it's you know short boat ride over to. Uh, Disney Springs, they're not, you know, 100% out of the out of the realm of uh, civilization. But right. you know, uh, again, I, we stayed in them when we were very young. Uh, for a while, they were uh, part of the condo complexes. Then they went into inventory for the college program. And with Saratoga Springs, the Disney Institute being revamped, they uh, brought them back kind of out of the mothballed fleet of rooms. Right. So uh, very, you know, quiet too area. You, you kind of have a lot of privacy in the treehouse villas. A very secluded, nice scenery. It's about as woodsy as you can get and still be in uh, Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we if we take a step back and, and we go back to the the regular resorts, you know, I, I mentioned that a standard room in a value resort is only going to accommodate uh, four people, um, and that is due to fire codes. You know, like like Dave said, you know, in the old days, you might be able to get by with with putting eight, ten, ten people in there, sleeping people in the bathtubs. Uh, but uh, nowadays, you know, they're, they're pretty strict with that, um, and it is four people. So uh, if you're looking to stay at the value level and you're more than a party of four, you're going to have to look into the uh, family suites, which generally accommodate up to six people. Uh, they are a nice option. Uh, when they opened up Art of Animation, that is primarily an all, well, not all suite resort, but it is it is more suites than standard rooms. Um, and uh, Disney did that when they opened that resort because of the, the changing mixture of the American family and makeup of the family. Um, and it is a nicer a nice option uh, on the on the lower end of the price scale, which is still pretty high uh, for Disney. Sometimes sometimes it's cheaper to get two rooms uh, than it is one uh, family suite, um, and that's you know that's one of the benefits of working with a travel agent. Um, a travel agent gives you those options. I know John, we've spoken about in the past. You know, do you get you know essentially you and your two kids in one room, Jen and her two kids in another room, you have that uh, connecting door between the two of them. So essentially you're getting a two bedroom suite where you and Jen could actually be in one room. You leave the kids in the other, but for the purposes of the reservation, you know, it is two separate rooms under two different people. Um, That's always an option. Um, And it's uh, sometimes a little more cost effective. And, and when I'm booking larger groups, you know, cost is usually the driving factor. Um, is it cheaper to do two standard rooms or cheaper to do a suite or cheaper to do a cabin? Um, and that's, you know, that's when I do my job and run the numbers and, and, and take a look at those type of things. Um, when, when you guys are traveling, John, I, I know we've, we've talked about it over the years, but what are you guys looking for? Is, is it based on value? Is it based on location? You know, what, what, what drives you to the cabins? Yeah. So I think when we first put together our first trip, uh, that was August of 2015 is when we, is when we actually traveled and you and I had been working on that, I think probably the better part of five months trying to put that together. And when you first sent me the, the options, I mean, obviously you understood, um, the size of the group and I, I wasn't resistant to using you or using a travel agent, um, for any other reason, except that I'm, I'm very stubborn. I'm a do everything myself kind of guy. And all, every other time I've traveled in my life, that's a, that's a large trip. I've put that together on my own. So I figured hey, I can just do this. I can go online and I can find all the deals. And, whatnot. and I think it was probably about 15 minutes into the first set of quotes that, that you sent over that I read through that had a, a, a whole bunch of different options for us. I realized that, that Disney, for the money you're spending and for the distance you're traveling uh, for us here in Connecticut, um, it's really not something to screw around with. Like, oh, let me let me see if I can do this myself. I really found the benefit immediately in what you had sent. So as I read deeper into it, like you just went over, you know, are we getting two rooms? Are we getting adjoining rooms? The kids were were young. I think our oldest was 14 at the time. Um, so a 14 year old, a 12 year old, and two 11 year olds, and um, you know, we weren't necessarily comfortable with the, with a couple of different rooms. Um, you know, they were just at that age where they might have ransacked something and we'd be on the hook for uh, an insurance bill. So when 
when we looked at the cabins, um, you know, I think that in that trip, they were a little more, um, a little more expensive than what the other options were. I think you had gotten us a couple of suites, um, but it gave us the ability to all be in one, in one room for all intents and purposes of our own individual structure worked out great for a number of reasons. Um, a party of six, no matter how hard it tries, can't be quiet. <laughs> if you're in, you know, even if you're in a suite and I'm sure they, I'm sure the engineers do a great job of soundproofing, um, all of the, uh, all the floors and walls, um, at all the Disney resorts. But if you're in your own individual building, you have less answering to do for that noise. So, and especially at that age. So, um, that was a great option right off the bat. We could put everybody in one building and not have to worry about annoying someone next door or anything like that. Um, the accommodations themselves were, were fantastic. You know, Disney does a great job of taking what is essentially a mobile home and turning it into, you know, something that I, you know, that I would build as a, uh, as a vacation property. And it's beautiful. So you go in, you, you have this rustic feel, you're in the woods. Um, uh, I have a, a tight connection in 1971. It was the year I was born. It was the year Disney was born, uh, the, okay. the world. And that, that's one of the older places. So that was a driving factor too, that, that the cabins and the, the campgrounds themselves uh, are one of the original uh, resort stays. So, um, and I think the other thing too was just, it, it felt very central to us. I know that as Disney expands, it's very difficult to be central but to be a boat ride away from Magic Kingdom, which is where the kids, the young kids that they were then, that was really the draw for them to go see the traditional stuff, the older, the older rides. Um, to be that quick boat ride away, um, that was really, to, to us, that was really neat. And then everything else centralized at the bus hub. Um, and on a, on a very minor level, the kids thought it was really cool to be uh, in a golf cart. And I think you know, obviously that's something very cool that the cabins and the, the campground offers is that you're in your own little um, you're in your own little city there, um, and if you have the golf cart, um, it it does it does make traveling around just a little more fun. You're not just you're not in an elevator uh, or waiting for an elevator to go up to the third floor. I know that that's probably trivial to most people, uh, but to us that really seemed like a like a big deal. Like that was that was fun. Um, the only downside that we have found so far at all with the cabins, and this is barely a downside, um, it was very difficult. Not very difficult. It it wasn't super easy to get our hands on a six passenger golf cart mm -hmm. um, at the time we couldn't book that ahead of time we didn't really want to spend the money on two four passenger golf carts it didn't make any sense we you know then jen and i would be driving separately um we did rent off-site um and it was a little cheaper the only problem was because of disney's rules you know they don't necessarily make it easy for the off-site guy to come in that makes sense they're trying to maintain some exclusivity right. um so we had to actually go off-site pick it up with our vehicle, tow it back, then bring back the trailer. It was a little cumbersome, but really uh, not a big deal at all. And you're really, you are about as self-sufficient in those cabins as you can get. You, you can cook and clean um, to, to essentially the same way you would at home. Um, and whatever you need is, is at the, the country store right in the middle of the, right in the middle of the property. So um, the kids have asked a couple of times, Hey, you know, when we go back this year, can we look at something else? And we do, we, we, I have them jump online and take a peek, but really uh, the cabins are just an outstanding value. Even if it's not the cheapest option. Um, the, if you can put a price on having everybody together and having, you know, not having to worry about two separate rooms and two separate billings and all that, the cabins are, are really ideal. It's, it's really kind of the way we want to go every time we go. Excellent. Yeah. Now, did, did you drag any of the kids in the golf cart? <laughs> well we did not however um so uh, tony as you know chief i don't think you you know this but three of my three of my four kids are are girls and uh we love girls as much as we love boys but uh the first time we went down the girls were at the really really super um diva ages so uh there were there were a couple of times where we were pouting and I'm sure, it, I'm sure it crossed my mind a few times that maybe someone should walk, maybe not be dragged, but maybe walk behind the golf cart, but right. no dragons, no dragons. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So, um, so yeah, so the cabins, the cabins are a nice, a nice option. Uh, there's a lot going on in the campgrounds. They, they do offer uh, tent camping as well as pads for, uh, you know, RV style uh, and towable uh, trailers. Um, but the cabins, like John said, you know, they, they really are just small campers that they've themed into a log cabin. 
uh, really spacious on the inside. I think my only uh, downside uh, to those is the fact that there's one one bathroom. Right. Uh, you know, one bathroom for six people can be a little tight. Tricky, definitely tricky. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. And then, uh, Dave, I know you know we'll we'll start to talk about the the DVC properties a little bit. Um, you guys just stayed with your parents, uh, and you stayed at the DVC. Uh, at the boardwalk. Now, were you guys all in one villa? Actually, no, my parents were at the Swan and Dolphin. Okay. So they were a short walk were, over, yeah. which is uh, sometimes the best way to travel with family. Correct. Uh, yeah. It was nice. You know, there's, there's security and distance. Uh, but one, you know, it's funny because the boardwalk is one of the uh, few hotels where the occupancy of a one bedroom is still only four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for, again, you know, the oddities ins and outs of knowing the resorts, the boardwalk actually only has a, the one bedroom only has an occupancy of four. So okay. you could actually fit more people in a studio at the boardwalk than in a one bedroom. Hmm. All right. So did you tell your parents that uh, we just can't accommodate five in this room? Exactly. Uh, you guys That's are going to have to stay elsewhere. Is, you know, <laughs> sorry. You know, somebody's got to sleep out on the balcony. So they went, they went to the Swan and Dolphin. Okay. Um, so let's, let's start to talk about, uh, some of the DVC properties, and then we'll get back to the the, the Disney resorts. Um, like I said, you know, the DVC properties do have uh, the ability to be rented as normal hotel rooms uh, for inventory that is not being used by DVC members. And uh, Dave, you know a little bit about that, so why don't you just let people know what the what the different room options are uh, uh, with the villas? Sure. I mean, depending on the resort, and again, it's uh, resort dependent. So. If- your basic accommodation is the studio. And I hate to always say, like, think of a, a standard hotel room, but uh, it's a little bit bigger, it has a little kitchenette, but that's what you're looking at with a studio. Usually, you know, two queen beds and then some kind of pulled down uh, trundle bed, if you will. And that's, you know, all of the resorts have those. There's no, you know, none of the, the resorts are without the studio. The oddity is the Polynesian only has I don't want to say it only has studios and then the grand villas there's no right. one bedroom two bedroom villas there's nothing like that at the Polynesian so you're either in a studio or in one of the cabins out over the water uh, the other resorts then you move up to a one bedroom and the one bedroom is you know it's just that it has a full kitchen a living room a dining area and then one bedroom with a king-size bed with like I said earlier with the exception of uh the boardwalk, all of the one bedrooms usually accommodate five guests. And that's the, the pull-out couch, a trundle bed somewhere, and then the king-size bed in the master suite, if you will. Uh, they also, the one bedrooms have like a jacuzzi tub. Uh, some little you know nuances, again, for the vacation club. The Animal Kingdom Lodge offers uh, two bathrooms for the, the, the rooms there, which is, again, a plus for the one bedrooms, but uh, they're the only ones. Everybody else offers one bedroom for the one bed, uh, for the one, excuse me, one bathroom for the one bedroom. Okay. So it gets a little tight bathroom wise. From there, you move up to a two bedroom and a two bedroom is really just a studio and a one bedroom kind of put together. So they basically just unlock a door between the two of them and make them a walkthrough. So now you have that one bedroom with a, another bedroom off of it. The next accommodation up in most of the hotels is the Grand Villa, which is depending on your uh, hotel. So, for example, if you're looking at Bay Lake, it's that big glass. You know, you can see multi-story uh, rooms looking at the Magic Kingdom and the boardwalk. Same thing. They're, they're you know, larger rooms facing the boardwalk. Uh, where you get into the oddities then from there are the cabins. So the Polynesian and the Wilderness Lodge have the cabins that are over the water. You'll, if you leave the ticket transportation center, you'll see them uh, at the Polynesian. If you're taking a boat or if you're over at the Wilderness Lodge, you'll see them there. And they're themed differently. Uh, I, with the two dudes, when we went down in um, December, we took a tour of the uh, cabin at Wilderness Lodge. The Wilderness Lodge uh, cabin and, and the uh, Polynesian cabins both have like a, a plunge pool hot tub type thing. And those are like full kitchens, two bedrooms. They're, they're a small house, uh, the best way to describe it. But And those are pretty much the combinations of vacation club. And again, you, you don't have to be a member to rent one. You could just go online. There's unused inventory. Uh, b- basically, the way it works is that the Walt Disney Company 
bought into the timeshare from you know the Disney Development Corporation, the Vacation Club. So they are owners like we are, and they're just you know subletting their rooms uh, through the point system. So it's 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 not so much they sell off what's open; it's those are Disney's shares of the rooms. So Disney bought shares of Disney from Disney for you to stay in Disney, to enjoy Disney from Disney, kind of. With a side helping of Disney. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Um, and and how what uh, what have you stayed? Uh, I know you've stayed in the studios. Oh God, we've stayed studios. We've stayed uh, one bedrooms, two bedrooms. Uh, we've never stayed the Grand Villa. I do have a friend that lives down there, and he rents a Grand Villa for Super Bowl weekend every year. And I, I always thought that was genius, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and uh, but we we've pretty much, uh, I think, with the exception of the Grand Floridian, we have stayed at every, and then obviously the new Riviera. Uh, we've stayed at every resort, uh, and, and you know we normally stay at the Boardwalk, probably secondary the Polynesian, but occasionally we like to mix it up. You know, get a room at uh, Wilderness Lodge, get a room over at Animal Kingdom, uh, and then you know, from there kind of just enjoy those parks and those areas before moving on to another resort. Okay. Okay. And I know you've got a trip coming up in May. 58 days. 58 days. Yeah. And, and that is a, that is an, that is a group trip, right? Uh, yes. We'll be traveling with pigeon and Texas Janet. All right. And, uh, is that a a DVC property as well? Yeah. We're at the border. Uh, all, All of us are actually. Individual rooms, or are you doing like the group thing? No, individual rooms. Okay, okay, um, which makes it a little easier. Correct, uh, it is. You know, and it's, you know, I, we've been going uh, with Pigeon for you know several years now, and uh, you know, Pigeon they always stay at the Boardwalk. We enjoy the Boardwalk, but we have a very good arrangement. So different aspects of group trips. You know, we we're we're there for ten nights. We've planned four meals together. Mm-hmm. And then that way we have that, you know, we have a couple of days where we're definitely going to dinner together, but we have a couple of days where we're free to go off on our own. Right. And, and, I, and I, I really do think that's an important aspect of a group trip is you need to plan time to be away from the group. Right. And, and I think, you know, in your situation, you guys have a, have a five-year-old, uh, you know, you're not traveling necessarily with groups that have the same makeup as far as the family you know you look at john's group his kids are all within a, a couple of years of each other um so they're more traveling as a pack of six uh I'm, I'm sure that sometimes you and jen like to get away and and do some adult stuff maybe have a, a meal by yourselves you right. know whereas as dave you know maybe they're not doing everything together you know they're getting together a couple times during a trip and there's nothing wrong with that because everybody has their own style of enjoying disney parks you know of a, a, a two parents with a five-year-old uh, enjoy the parks a lot different than you know me and my girls um but you find you know we've met up with dave the uh the only difference is the five-year-old actually goes on some of the thrill rides nice. you. wow ouch <laughs> Sometimes we hurt with our words, Dave. I uh, listen. The only thing I don't go on is Expedition Everest. All right, I just I, in, I can... animal, in Animal Kingdom. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, Sp- and Space Mountain and Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah. But other than that, I do everything. Uh, so uh, you know, Dave's right. It, it is important to make a little bit of time uh, uh, for yourselves. Um, and do you guys split up, uh, John, when you go? Uh, you know, as the kids have gotten older, have you given them a little more freedom? Yeah. So that, that last trip, that was another thing I was going to mention, just in terms of staying um, on site, staying in a resort um, that, that worked very well for us the last time. So the last time we went down was July of 2019. The kids are older. Um, and uh, you just mentioned that Jen and I, uh, we did have, we had one night where we were by our, we weren't by ourselves. I was actually a very good friend of mine, a very good friends of ours. Uh, who are from Seymour, who uh, own a very, uh, a very popular Disney-based uh, um, company down there. Can I mention that? Sure. Uh, it's, uh, it's my very good friend, Justin and Shannon, and they own Orlando Stroller Rentals, orlandostrollerrentals.com. Um, and uh, they always stop by. We, don't, we only get to see them every couple of years, and they stop by our cabin 
And uh, we were hanging out having dinner. And then Jen looked over at me and she said, do you realize that our kids are scattered all about Orlando, Florida, and we have no idea where they are. And it wasn't an irresponsible moment on our part, but it was something very comforting because um, whereas we wouldn't necessarily let them go all around even here uh, without knowing where they were, but within that amazing logistical setup that Disney has that is their transportation system. We were relatively secure in knowing that that they were going to be okay. They all had cell phones. And uh, as it turned out, Taylor was at um, was at uh, Magic Kingdom. And I think Peyton and, and PJ were at Hollywood Studios and Jackson was at Epcot or some mix of it. And they were all home once the individual uh, parks closed. They were, you know, on the on the buses and then on the, the circuit bus within the cabins and back with us. So it does allow us that ability to say, yeah, guys, go do what you want. As a matter of fact, they're at the age now where I'm, I'm sure they'd be mortified to spend more than a few <laughs> moments with us. You know, we'd have to take some of the pictures in every single park, but they don't have a choice. Otherwise we'd, we'd leave them there. But, right. um, you know, it does give us that option to say, yeah, listen, we can have, and if, you know, we're lucky enough to have some friends that live down there. Um, but even, even so, if we're going to have like, you know, for instance, we're hoping that, uh, that Shen's brother and my lifelong uh, buddy, John, and, and his wife and kids can come down. If they do, um, all six of the kids then are, are very close and they can go off and do what they want. And then, you know, Jen and and uh, and, and uh, her brother and, and wife can, you know, hang out with us. And, uh, you know, we can kind of have that that almost little private section in there again as well. So Right. Yeah. Th- things definitely change as the kids get older and, and become more responsible and have those freedoms uh, in the park. Dave is unfortunately a number of years from that because Amelia is still five. And uh, it's actually uh, when, you know, we were just there uh, one night, she slept over at Grammy and Papa's room in the Swan and Dolphin there. And Katie and I had like a free night and we actually went for a walk on the boardwalk. We were walking around and it was actually like weird, you know, it's for the first time in five years that we were walking around, you know, Disney. Right. And even on the previous trip, when you and I ran into each other and we took Amelia so you guys could ride Slinky Dog together, you know, you guys don't get the opportunity to ride together because you're usually doing a ride swap where somebody's staying with the baby. You know, I say baby, but she's five. You know, somebody's staying with her while somebody's on the ride or somebody's riding with her and somebody's hanging back, you know, whatever combination. Um, So it is important, you know, when you're doing a a multi-generational trip, um, you know, it, it's a nice option to have the grandparents or somebody watch the kids so that you get some adult time. The uh, biggest difficulty with the multi-generational trip was the walk 20 feet, stop and wait, walk 20 feet, stop and wait for my parents to catch up. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I, I will say I've done three multi-generational trips now. And uh, the best was the one with my mother because we rented a scooter for her. Uh, and there is there's nothing better nice. than a scooter in the parks. All right, so we are back. We had to restart our Zoom session. Um, we were talking about sending the kids out, spending a little time by yourselves. Uh, we've gone over the DVC properties. We've talked about the value resorts, but we haven't talked about the moderate and deluxe resorts yet. Um, the cabins do fall under uh, the moderate category. Uh, you know, they're a moderate price range, um, but uh, they just don't necessarily have the same amenities uh, that a moderate uh, resort has because they are, you know, they are a campground. Um, They do have the Trails End Buffet. They have a store, they have a restaurant, they have a pool. As John mentioned, they have internal bus system. Uh, So it is a nice option uh, if you're a larger group. Um, And then when you start to look at the physical moderate resorts, uh, a lot of the moderate resorts have the two queen beds with the uh, trundle or pull down bed uh, for a fifth sleeper. Uh, so most of the moderates will accommodate up to five. There are some suites at the Coronado Springs Resort because that is a convention resort. So they start to have uh, some one bedroom suites uh, there that will accommodate uh, some larger parties. Um, and then you get into the deluxe resorts. The deluxe resorts uh, do have the double queen beds and uh, usually a pull down option. So most of their standard rooms will accommodate five. You do have some of the deluxes that have more of the uh, presidential style suites that will accommodate larger parties, um, but you're not going to be accommodate accommodating near as many as you can uh, through a DVC villa, uh, as Dave was mentioning earlier. Uh, so that pretty much sums up 
um, lodging. Uh, and we've talked about, you know, some of the park stuff, but one thing we haven't mentioned with a larger group and that is eating um, and, and doing your dining. Uh, you know, Disney does allow you to pre uh, reserve uh, some dining options for your table services. Historically, it's been about a six month window when you can reserve your, your reservations. Uh, during this COVID time, they have knocked that down to 60 days. So you only have a 60 day window to set things up. Uh, for most parties under 10, uh, you can do it online or your travel agent can do it for you uh, through the My Disney Experience app. If you're a party larger than 10, um, sometimes eight, depending upon the restaurant, you're going to have to call a, a special number for Disney dining. Uh, so that is uh, that is uh, is, is an issue. Um, Dave, what's the, what's the largest party you've traveled with recently? And I, I know you said you guys get together a couple times for dining. Uh, is it is it a, a gigantic group? No, it's seven of seven or eight of us. Okay, okay. So you guys are the only ones with kids, pretty much, or with with yes. uh, children. Just okay. us, Amelia. Okay. Um, so no real big issues for dining. You guys haven't had to use the specialized uh, number. No, um, never anything that big. Okay. And uh, how about when you guys traveled in the in the eighties, the the caravan O Leonard's? Uh, there was uh, there was no dining uh, formalities back then. You just walked up to the restaurant and we're like, boom, we're here. Right, because there were only like six people in the park that day, and right. it was all your family. It yeah. was it. Yeah. Uh, how, t how times have changed. Um, John, you guys are a family of six. Have, have you encountered any issues with dining other than the fact that, uh, you know, everybody wants to eat something different? <laughs> yeah, that hasn't been an issue either. Um, and that was another thing that I, that I needed to learn. Um, when you sent the first quote over for us for our first trip in 2015, um, I just strictly looking at the numbers, not understanding what was really going on. I said to Jen, I said, you know, there's, it's crazy. This is no, there's no way we're spending an extra, I think it was like $1,500 for the basic meal plan. And I said, there's, there's no way that's crazy. And then we talked about it and she said, no, you understand that if, if we don't do the dining plan, that you're going to pay more out of pocket for these things. It just makes sense. Um, and yeah, I, I really, I rave about that all the time. Uh, that's really when the first time I went was 1987 and it was a big deal because you could go to Epcot and there were these little TV screens with, um, uh, with a, a camera facing back at you and you could have a face-to-face -face with an operator and you could book a meal. And I remember watching my parents stare dumbfoundedly into this screen and trying to figure out what the heck they were doing. Um, so to see what it had, had come to in 2015, and then we did it again in, in 2019, we went, um, not only, and we do the basic plan. So I think it's two, two counter service and a drink and a snack. Yep. Uh, we can, uh, Basically, just between me and, and and Jackson, who's the chronologically the youngest in our in our group, um, Jackson and I can plow through forty or fifty thousand calories a day very easily. And somehow, this group of six has not managed to eat more than what you are allotted through that that program. And that works out well for us because um, we drive. We we don't fly. That's another aspect of the of the large group uh, going down. Uh, our, our trips would be anywhere from $2,500 to $3,000 more than what they already are uh, if we added on airfare. So for, for about $1,000, we drive down uh, in a Ford Explorer and we actually fit very well. But um, the last two times we've been there, we've had enough points left over from just that basic uh, program. We've had enough points left over to stock the car for the ride home. And we do that. And I, I'm sure you do that at uh, just about any of the refreshment locations, but we go to uh, the name escapes me, but the, the country store in the middle of the campgrounds um, and they hand you a laminated sheet and you have, you know, everyone's got a receipt or their, uh, you know, or your wristband that tells you what your, what your program has left and, and we stock up. So that plan, you know, it takes a lot of the headache out of it. Um, and we haven't had sit down service. We haven't upgraded to that intermediate uh, or the, the higher end level, but at least with the counter service, we, we know, Hey, you know, they're, they're tracking this, but this is very easy for us. We're going to go somewhere and we're going to eat. And it's, it's very easy. It's very accommodating. And it just takes that one extra headache out of the way where you're not paying with cash or credit card or billing it to your room. Every time you go to have a meal, if you don't have that, if you don't have that plan. Um, I think eventually Jen and I would like to upgrade maybe. So there's uh, so there's a, a sit down, a table service as well, instead of just counter service. Right. Uh, but for a, for a group of six, I promise you can eat. Tony, you've seen us at parties before. 
Um, no one in this group is shy around the table and uh, we, we can't, we can't get through it. Right. Uh, we, we, I, and I, our first days there, both times I've been like, listen, let's go easy. Okay. Don't go nuts. Uh, and by the, the third or fourth day, I'm like, we need to start eating because we're going to have a lot of food left on the table there. So works out great. Nice. Nice. You know, I, I'm not a fan of the dining plan. Uh, you know, the problem is I remember when it first started and you got a lot more for your, for your buck. But uh, I, I will say, I feel like as time's going on, we're doing less and less uh, sit downs and more and more counter service. Right. You know, it used to be, we, you know, we kind of, we kind of come full swing, I guess it used to be, we did a lot of quick services Then we started doing, you know, a sit down a day. And now we're back to maybe, you know, four or five nights out of the 10 nights at a sit down. Uh, mm. We, we did, I did find us prior to the pandemic doing a lot of breakfast also. Um, start your day off with a character breakfast and move on from there. Right. I, I think we used to use the uh, table service, you know, sit down meals as a, as a break. Uh, especially when the girls were younger, that was a, a good, you know, you know, a table service meal is going to take you essentially an hour. Uh, so that was always a good opportunity to take some downtime, uh, you know, whether it's at lunchtime or at dinner, uh, just to take a break, go in, get some air conditioning, uh, sit down, have a nice meal, maybe see a character or two. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of agree with Dave that the, the table service I, I don't know. It's a tough sell, especially if you want to do the dining plan, you know, uh, unless you can eat $76 worth of food per day. Um, and, and Dave, yeah, Dave's pointing to himself that like, you can't do that. You know, I could, it's the other two in my travel party that don't. And, and that's part of the deal. You know, I know that when I'm doing a table service meal, I was just having this conversation with, with a potential uh, client that I'm booking is, you know, when I'm doing the dining plan, I know that I can get that value. I'm going to have the filet mignon every night, you know, I'm going to get $76 or $79 worth of food into me each day. But when I go with the girls, you know, they're the same price. And for Cheryl to spend $76, you know, what do you want for lunch? I'll have a, a, a salad with some grilled chicken on it. You know, that's, that's $9. You know, what do you want for dinner? Oh, I'll just have, I'll have a Caesar salad with a side of, you know, chicken again, you know, and, and that's not $76 worth of food. So it gets to be very tough. Um, but you know, that's kind of where working with a travel agent, you know, you determine, uh, whether it's going to be, uh, cost effective for you. You know, my philosophy as a travel agent, and I think Dave did the same thing when he was a travel agent. And if he does become a travel agent at some point in the near future, if he ever signs his contract, um, and that is that, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're getting your guests a good value for their dollar just because it's offered doesn't mean it's it's the right thing if you know john is you know john and jackson and then four of the ladies if they don't eat 76 dollars worth of food per day when you go up to that next plan it's not worth it you know i in good conscience cannot steer you that way if i know you're not going to get the value for that that option um so, you know, I'd love to say, oh, do it, John. You know, it increases my commission, but I could not, you know, as a friend uh, and your travel agent, if, if it's not worth it to you, why am I going to have you do it? You know, so I, I think every family, uh, you know, whether they're a large group or a small group, that dining plan is always uh, an option that you need to weigh because John's right. It's, it's nice to know that you've spent the money, you're going to spend it anyway, and they found that the uh, quick service plan works for them. You know, that's a good value for them. Dave is finding that that quick service, you know, is more along the lines of what they're used to. So maybe the quick service plan works, but to jump up to that next level, you know, is it, is it cost effective? And, and that's where you, that's where you need to, to work with someone who knows the numbers, who knows the cost of the meals, you know, character meals are a set price and, Character meals count as a table service. If you're going to do a lot of character meals, well, then sometimes it makes sense to do the table service because uh, that cost is is you know bared, bared, born, born by the by the you know we're not in, we're not English majors here. No, we're not. No, no yeah. definitely not. Yeah, we're maths our strong point. Um, so uh, uh, you know that that cost is borne out by a lot of the character meals. So it's a it, it's a touch and go situation and, and fluctuates with each group. Dave, you look like you want to say something. Uh, I was just going to say, like, you know, it, it 
It is the advantage to me now, obviously being DVC, we don't get like the deal for free dining plan or anything like that. But one of the advantages I always found with the, the meal plan was you've paid for the large chunk of your, your incidentals while you're there ahead of time. So going down there, you're, you're not, you know, if you're going on a budget when you're, when you're, you know, trying to maintain your costs, you've already paid that cost. So you know that that fixed cost is already paid. You're going to throw some tips in and, and it's not going to be that sticker shock of, Oh my God, we charged that much to the magic band or that much to the card while we were there. We already paid it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. Um, you know, it's, it's that peace of mind knowing that you've taken care of it already. And it's, it's not going to be, uh, you know, you're shelling out that much more. Uh, that's a good point, Dave. Thank you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I thought I, I thought I just tripped over the microphone cord. No, you're, you're still there. <laughs> you're good. Um, so what else, uh, what else do we take into effect into account for, for large groups? I think the biggest obstacle nowadays to large groups, especially if it's more than one family is my Disney experience, trying to link everybody together. It's one of those things that makes you want to throw your phone across a room, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So our, our friends from Texas that were meeting there, Texas, Janet and her husband, John, uh, you know, we, we had a link uh, and it's like, you know, you're on the phone with them. Okay. Go into my Disney experience, click on this, send me the invite. I didn't get it. How come you got it? But I'm on it, but Katie's on it. But I I just think that it's a bit annoying. And then the other thing that I don't like is once you, you know, like, you know, my, we just want my parents now for the, for the past few years, we've gone with them before everything we do, you got to scroll through everybody you've ever been to Disney with Mm -hmm. uh, in the app. And I just think it's one of the, you know, first world Disney problems we're having here that, I just think there's, it's it's very confusing, and I sometimes feel bad for people who are only going once and have to deal with this, or it's their first time, uh, because it, it, that my Disney experience thing, especially linking up, as we know how critical it is if you want to try to get a boarding pass or if you want to do anything like that, you've got to be ready to go. Right. So. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen I've seen that happen even with families of like four people where they're getting ready to go on their trip, and and they're you know we're going over there you know, my checklist with them and, and they bring up their, my Disney experience. And they're like, well, my son's not on the thing, you know, he's not showing. And then you call the help desk and yeah, he's there. He's just for whatever reason, not showing. And and it's, it's my Disney experiences kludgy every now and then. Um, John, you guys, you guys have used the app and any problems The the kids are able to use it. Um, yeah, we don't have any problems with it, um, but we did discuss this briefly that this might be, again, because the kids are older now, that um, whereas the last two trips, we kind of sat down and we said, all right, let's let's pick our fast passes and and we, we would collaborate and we would get those squared away. And now we're probably going to be faced with maybe something similar to what Dave's talking about, where where we've got uh, you know, we don't we're not going to do these all together. So maybe the kids are going to set them separately and then potentially including, um, you know, in-laws and cousins where you're trying to get their package and they may or may not be packaged together with us. We don't, we don't know exactly how that's going to work yet. We've certainly recommended it. Um, But if for some reason they don't, then we're going to try and figure out, okay, so if you're going to do your own thing and, and we do it through, through you, Tony, how do we link up when the cousins that are coming to meet us there when they want to go on a ride with say Jackson or Taylor or PJ Payton, whatever. And um, you know, they want to try and book those together. Can they do that? I don't know. So, um, so far we haven't had any issues with it, but again, there just might be new challenges this time. I mean, the, the kids, the kids have loved every element of it because they get to see the wait times and things like that. And they can, you know, kind of run over. Um, they enjoyed the, uh, you'll have to correct me if I get this wrong. Is it the Dole Whip? I don't enjoy them. So I'm not sure what it is, but even silly things like that, like ordering it when there's seemingly a thousand people physically in line to get it. And now you can order it on the app and walk up to a, a separate counter, pick it up and incur the, the visual wrath of 1000 sets of eyes. Uh, that all has worked very, very well. But, um, you know, we have thought about like what Dave was saying, it's, it's difficult to tie everybody together, uh, especially well, see, in a large group. The, the, the good thing about traveling in a COVID year uh, is that there are no fast passes, so you won't you won't have to worry about that if uh, if that's if that's the okay. case. 
right. and that's good. And there hopefully, are no fast passes right now, but Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, Rise of the Resistance is another story. Right. I, it's my understanding that I'm just not getting on that. Is that correct? Uh, no, you'll, oh. we'll, we'll get you on. No, okay, yeah, we've thing. we've been very successful with the Rise Have you really? Of the okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had mixed reviews. I'm dying to go on it. Obviously, I'm a child of the 70s, and I love uh, my Star Wars stuff. I need to see this. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you on, but not the rest of the family. Well, that's, that's really um, um, 50. I only care about me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Unless, of course, they're listening to the podcast, in which case, it's it's all of you. Awesome. Um, all right. Do, do we have anything else we want to we wanna mention? No, I think we're good. All I'm right. Good. So I'm actually going to edit this part out. Um, okay. Our usual ending is, you know, until next time, I'm Dave, I'm Tom, Tony, I'm Dave, and we're two dudes talking Disney. Uh, so we'll do until next time. I'm Tony. I'm Dave. I'm John. Yeah. And then I'll say, and we're Dave, you do three dudes. Now I'll do, and we're temporarily. Dave, you do three dudes, and John, you do talking Disney, and then we'll gotcha. uh, all right. Sounds good. All right, so uh, that pretty much sums up uh, traveling with large groups, multi generational groups, large families. Um, as always, if you have any uh, questions or desires to travel to Walt Disney World as a group, large or small, reach out to me, uh, Tony Bonasso at MainStreetMoreTravel.com, or just drop a note to me at Two Dudes. Maybe Dave will get back in the travel game at some point. We don't know. Uh, what was but, that email address again? That would be Tony Bonasso, T O N Y B U N O S S O, at more travel.com. It's Thanks, so funny. Dave. I was just going to say for all your travel needs, you can email me at Tony Bonasso at mainstreetandmoretravel.com. <laughs> so weird with the same email address. Excellent. Um, I would like to thank John Hannon, our special guest. Uh, thank you for your insight uh, with your family and, and hope you guys have a, a great trip uh, if and when you get to go this summer. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Awesome. And David, as always, you're you're an angel, a sweetheart. Thank you. So uh, until next time, I'm Tony. I'm David. And I'm John. And we're temporarily three dudes talking Disney. Good night, everybody. Good night.